Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's Thursday, September 29th, 2022. Um, September 29th is the Feast of St. Michael and All Angels, which we celebrated last night with divine service, but we'll do a little bit more consideration of today. Uh, let's see. There's uh, folks checking in in the chat. We've got Chris on Facebook, Vicki uh, on YouTube, one of her favorite hymns. Good. Uh, it's the hymn of the day for, I think, the fifth Sunday in Lent. Uh, Karen as well on Facebook, Gus and Eileen, Don and Karen. Uh, Chris asks, love this hymn and really love their voices. Who are they? This is a choir that uh, kind of ad hoc put together uh, for the explicit purpose of recording the hymn of the days throughout the year. I've recorded now, what, four or five collections for Lutheran Public Radio, um, which you can listen to online. Or you can get a copy of this release will be the gift um, that will come out here towards the end of the of the of the calendar year, right? So year-end gift to Lutheran Public Radio, you'll get a copy of it. Um, I don't remember what the minimum was last year. It was quite a bit, actually. Uh, so if you want to get a copy for yourself, otherwise just listen to Lutheran Public Radio and the hymns will come around periodically. All right. Mm, I think that's good. So let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right. So, memory verse for today. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Matthew 6, verses 33 through 34. All right, our psalm is Psalm 119, beginning in verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your just decrees are good. Behold, I long for your precepts, and your righteousness give me life. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, ninth commandment. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not scheme to get our neighbor's inheritance or house or get it in a way which only appears right, but help and be of service to him in keeping it. Tenth commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not entice or force away our neighbor's wife, workers, or animals, or turn them against him, 
but urge them to stay and do their duty. Right. So we'll do uh, some more work on uh, the commandments tomorrow. Our first reading is the Old Testament reading for the Feast of St. Michael and All Angels uh, from Daniel chapter 10. Suddenly a hand touched me and which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you, and stand upright, for I have been sent to you. And while he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. And then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words, but behold, or b- but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me. For I have been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Skipping ahead to chapter 12. And at that time Michael shall stand up, the great prince, who stands watch over the sons of your people, And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation until now, or even to that time, and at that time your people shall be delivered, every one who is found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. All right. So uh, one of the challenges, I suppose, of this feast day is considering uh, the Old Testament text in particular, how um, it is, what the kind of language should we call this? I, it, it's prophetic language, right? And so it's speaking of things uh, with metaphor, with allusion, with um, as good a visual description as it possibly can, um, but that does not... Uh, <laughs> it doesn't make it all that much easier, right? Okay. Um, so, what was I going to look at here? Eh, I think that's probably sufficient. We don't have a lot written on the book of Daniel um, by by Lutherans, um, but it does it does come up. Uh, it's not used in our in the in the book of Concord for the most part. A little bit of Daniel ten, uh, verse eleven, right? Oh man, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you. Right, so Daniel becomes another example, um, like Isaiah, as a prophet being uh, uh, included then into the prophetic office, which is the office of the holy ministry today. All right, Revelation twelve though um, finds um, sig- significant use. We'll talk about this. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who has accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. All right. As I said, um, 
in our Lutheran confession, this this finds significant use um, by by Luther, um, but also a little bit. Well, yeah, no, by Luther, <laughs> um, in three places. So uh, first, let's look at the small called articles. Um, this is Article Three, or the third part, I should say, Article Eight on confession. All right, and this has to do with the word or the absolution, I should say. So absolution or the power of the keys is an aid against sin and a consolation for a bad conscience. It is ordained by Christ in the gospel. Therefore, confession and absolution should by no means be abolished in the church. This is especially for the sake of timid consciences and untrained young people so that they may be examined and instructed in Christian doctrine. So going to confession is actually um, used then also for instruction um, in way in wisdom, right? According to Luther. But the listing of sins should be free to everyone as to what a person wishes to list or not to list. For as long as we are in the flesh, we will not lie when we say, I am a poor man full of sin. I see in my members another law and such. Romans 7.23 Such private absolution originates in the office of the keys, and it should not be despised but greatly esteemed along with the other offices of the Christian church. In issues relating to the spoken outward word, we must hold or firmly hold that God grants his spirit or grace to no one except through, the, through or with the preceding outward word. This protects us from the enthusiasts, that is, souls who boast that they have the spirit without and before the word. They judge the scripture or the spoken word and explain and stretch it to their pleasure, as Munzer did. Many still do this today, wanting to be sharp judges between the spirit and the letter, and yet they do not even know what they're saying. Actually, the papacy, too, is nothing but sheer enthusiasm. The Pope boasts that all rights exist in the shrine of his heart. Whatever he decides and commands within his church is from the Spirit and is right, even though it is above and contrary to Scripture and the spoken word. And here's the point. All this is, uh, is the old devil and old serpent who also turned Adam and Eve into enthusiasts. He led them away from God's outward word to spiritualizing and self-pride. Yet he did this, or yet he did this through other outward words. In the same way, our enthusiasts today condemn the outward word, yet they themselves are not silent. They fill the world with their babblings and writings, as if the Spirit could not come through the apostles' writings and spoken word, but has come through their writings and words. Why don't, why don't they leave out their own sermons and writings and let the Spirit himself come to the people without their writings before them, as they boast that he has come to them without the preaching of the Scriptures? All right, so there... He says that this sort of interpretation of the scriptures, um, or interpreting, the, putting your, one's own spirit, I should say, above the scriptures, is of the old devil um, and of Satan, as he's called here in verse 9, right? So that's why, if you look in the Revelation text before you, see, now salvation and strength and kingdom of God and the power of Christ has come for the accuser of our brethren, the accused has come before God, right? They have overcome him by the blood of the Lamb, forgiveness of sins, and by, here's the key, the word of their testimony. So it is the word of God that overcomes the devil, not our own spirit or something like that. All right. Um, I think Luther also refers to this uh, in a couple of places in the large catechism. So for example, on prayer, the third article, uh, let's see. Yeah, speaking to the way that the devil opposes our prayers. No one can believe how the devil opposes and resists these prayers. He cannot allow anyone to teach or to believe rightly. It hurts him beyond measure to have his lies and abominations exposed, which have 
been honored under the most fancy sham uses of the divine name. It hurts him when he himself is disgraced, is driven out of the heart, and has to let the breach be made in his kingdom. Therefore he chafes and rages as a fierce enemy with all his power and might. He marshals all his subjects, in addition enlists the world and our own flesh as his allies, for our flesh is in itself lazy and inclined to evil, even though we have accepted and believed God's, believe God's word. The world, however, is perverse and wicked, so he provokes the world against us, fans and stirs the fire, so that he may hinder and drive us back, cause us to fall, and again bring us under his power. Such is all his will, mind, and thought. He strives for this day and night and never rests for a moment. He uses arts, wiles, ways, and means that he can invent. If we would be Christians, therefore, we must surely expect and count on having the devil with all his angels and the world as our enemies. Right? So, to this theme on this day of spiritual warfare, they will bring every possible misfortune and grief upon us. For where God's word is preached, accepted, and believed, and produces fruit, there the Holy Cross cannot be missing. Let no one think that he shall have peace. He he must risk whatever he has upon earth, possessions, honor, house, and estate, wife and children, body and life. Now this hurts our flesh and the old Adam. The test is to be steadfast and to suffer with patience in whatever way we are assaulted and let go whatever is taken from us. So there is a great need in all these petitions that we pray without ceasing. Dear Father, your will be done, not the devil's will or our enemies or anything that would perse- yeah, persecute or suppress your holy word or hinder your kingdom. Grant that we may bear with patience and overcome whatever is to be endured because of your word and kingdom so that our poor flesh may not yield or fall away because of weakness or sluggishness. All right, so you can hear um, that prayer, broadly speaking, um, is is spiritual warfare, right? Um, and you can hear the same kind of theme at uh, in the sixth petition, right, uh, which is lead us not into temptation and then into deliver us from evil, right, from the Lord's Prayer. I'll just read a section of this. Therefore, we Christians must be armed and daily expect to be constantly attacked, again, spiritual warfare, by the devil. No one may go on in security and carelessly as though the devil were far from us. At all times, we must expect and block his blows. Though I am now chaste, patient, kind, and firm in the faith, the devil will this very hour send such an arrow into my heart that I can scarcely stand, for he is an enemy that never stops or becomes tired. So when one temptation stops, there there always arise others and fresh ones. So there is no help or comfort except to run here, to take hold of the Lord's Prayer, and to speak to God from the heart like this. Dear Father, you have asked me to pray. Do not let me fall because of temptations. Then you will see that temptations must stop and finally confess themselves conquered. If you try to help yourself by your own thoughts and counsel, you will only make the matter worse and give the devil more space. For he has a serpent's head. If you find an opening into which it can slip, the whole body will follow without stopping. Right, so there Luther kind of oh, free text a little bit and says, well, because he's a serpent, then he can, he can find a way to slip in just by, uh, you know, getting, as long as you give him a little gap, he'll get in. If it finds an opening into which it can slip, the whole body will follow without stopping. But prayer can prevent him and drive him back. Right. All right. So there's some examples of how um, a te- this text in particular is in the background of um, some of Luther's own writings. Um Luther only preached on Revelation three times, and it was always this text, by the way, um, for the Feast of St. Michael and all angels. Usually he preached the gospel text for the day, but on that occasion, um, he preached from the Revelation text. 
All right, let's, uh, there's many other things that we could talk about, but let's finish out this day uh, with a meditation from this excellent book by um, Pastor Whedon called uh, Celebrating the Saints. So it is with great joy the Holy Church celebrates on this day the Feast of St. Michael and all angels. Originally, this was just the Feast of St. Michael, the Archangel. The idea of including all the angels on this day arose among the Anglican Christians, that's the English, and was carried over by English-speaking Lutherans. This was an easy adaptation since Lutherans from the time of the Reformation had used the feast to set forth the biblical teaching on the service of the holy angels to the children, to the children of God. Right? So again, this is a biblical teaching. It's the reason why we don't want to forget this day, is that otherwise um, we might not have another occasion um, to speak of the service of the holy angels that God sets over us, and really of, of the whole spiritual realm. The, the name Michael in Hebrew means, who is like God? Question mark. We first meet this angel by, by, by name in the book of Daniel. He appears again in the New Testament in Jude and in the 12th chapter of Revelation. He is depicted as warring with Satan and the fallen angels um, and serving and protecting the people of God. In church tradition, Michael is most often joined to Gabriel, mentioned in Luke's gospel, and Raphael from the Apocrypha. These are the latter creatures referenced in the church's great proper preface during the divine service with angels and archangels, right? So we hear of Michael and Gabriel, at least. Those two are named explicitly in the scriptures and Raphael in the Apocrypha, and we refer to them each and every Sunday. On this day, we remember how scripture relates angels constantly weaving in and out of the gospel itself. An angel announces the impending birth of Christ to Mary in person and to Joseph in a dream. An angel announces the birth of Christ as the good news of great joy to the shepherds. Angels sing glory to God and peace on earth on Christmas night. Angels direct Joseph's trip to Egypt and back. Our Lord teaches that the angels who serve the little ones constantly behold the Father's face in heaven. That would be Matthew 18. Angels are present at our Lord's passion in Gethsemane. Angels come ministering to him. Right? They announce his resurrection on Easter morning. They speak to the disciples at the ascension. They free Peter from prison. They speak to Paul. They long to look into the mysteries that are revealed now through the church's proclamation. Uh, which Pauline epistle is that? Yeah, I can't remember which, where Paul says that. We gather with them when we worship. They appear throughout the revelation to St. John. The Old Testament is as replete as the New Testament with references to them. Their special task regarding believers is given in Psalm 34, verse 7, which I quoted in the sermon last night. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. We remember them in our morning and evening prayers when we pray to our Heavenly Father. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. We ask God to send his holy angels to accompany us along our life's journey and know that in the end of our days, we will join them in singing his praises forever. All right, and there's a lot more that could be said. As a matter of fact, we're going to, um, in Bible study on Sunday, looking at Ezekiel chapter 1, we're going to have uh, quite a bit to say about, in particular, the cherubim, which is another class of angels. Those are the ones with four wings, as contrasted with the seraphim, which you heard about last night in the prayer of the church, which are the ones with six wings. And we, those are the ones that Isaiah sees in Isaiah 6, and we sing uh, with in the Sanctus, Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth. Heaven and earth are full of that glory, right? So there's different classes of angels. Then, of course, there's the archangels, those who rule over the angels, 
God sets them all in wonderful order as he sets us in wonderful order too. Um, so it's a good day to remember the work of God's angels for us. Uh, if you want really a good summary of what the scripture teaches, but also the, the benefit or purpose of the angelic host, um, I posted on my Facebook wall um, the hymn of the day from last or for today, uh, which is written by Philip Melanchthon. And um, we sung last evening, uh, but I put the text up on my Facebook wall. So you can go find that and uh, get a summary there. All right, let's sing our hymn for the for the week in thee is gladness. One of those hymns where it'd be uh, better if there were two of us singing. <laughs> oh, it's easy to run out of steam here. Okay. Let us pray. And we'll pray the collect for St. Michael and all angels. Everlasting God, you have ordained and constituted the service of angels and men in a wonderful order. Mercifully grant that as your holy angels always serve and worship you in heaven, so by your appointment they may also help and defend us here on earth. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pray the collect for this week. 
O Lord, we implore you, let your continual pity cleanse and defend your church, and because she cannot continue in safety without your aid, preserve her evermore by your help and goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray today for the church and her pastors, for missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, and other servants of Christ in his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray today in Thanksgiving with Milda, Neil, and Tyler, who all celebrate their birthday. We pray for the households of our church, that of Jim, Dennis, Stephanie, Deborah, Aaron, and Robert. We pray for our catechumens. We pray for those ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Joe, Kelsey, Dan, Brad, Ron, Betty, Pat, and Heidi. Pray for our homebound, Bev, Willis, Ed, Mickey, Paul, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of Anchor of Hope. We ask the Lord for vic- uh, to grant us victory over temptations and for safekeeping from the devil's plots. And we pray with Wendell and his family at the death of his mother, Connie. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commit myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, see, Vicki has added... In and we should have added these into our prayers, a prayer of intercession for, um, what is it, Hurricane Ian, right? Effects, uh, uh, I spell it correctly, of her, spell Hurricane Ian, yes. Um, and Vicki asked specifically for her prayers for a 91-year-old bomb. Ooh. Uh, yeah, Fort Myers, uh, I saw some video, there was a shark swimming in the street. So uh, that tells you things are, I don't, I don't think there's much of Fort Myers left, is there? Especially near the coast. That's what it looks like from what I'm seeing on the news. So once about every 30 years or so, right? Uh, parts each, every part of Florida gets hit with something like that, it seems. Okay. So um, God be with you all. Happy St. Michael and All Angels Day. There's a lot more you could read or study. Um, I was going to maybe share a bunch more with you, but I've got class here later this morning. So Um, with that, I bid you fond farewell, and I hope uh, to see you again in the morning as we'll jump back into uh, our catechesis through the commandments. God be with you. See you soon. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sherman Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.